You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome! Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. Winning your league starts with the right data, and that's why Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge that you need to win your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast on whatever platform you do stream. As for this Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, we are not only going to cap off this week of shows, but we are going to cap off the 2021 Locked On Titans AFC South Divisional Preview with the Houston Texans. On Monday, we took a look at the Indianapolis Colts. On Wednesday, we took a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And of course, today we will finish with those cellar-dweller Houston Texans who just experienced one of the most difficult off-seasons we've seen a team go through in quite some time. And I'm going to break it all down to open up the show. We're going to talk about everything that took place during the Texans off-season. And then we're going to transition into a conversation about the Texans depth chart. We're going to go through the offense, go through the defense, and I'm going to identify areas of weakness mostly, but also some areas of strength for this Houston Texans team. No roster in the NFL is absolutely miserable across the board. So we're going to go over everything on the Texans depth chart. And then we are going to round out today's show with a conversation with John Hickman from Locked on Texans. So going to bring on a local expert to give me his view of what the Texans ceiling floor and most realistic outcome are going to be this year. So excited to dive into the last episode of our AFC South divisional preview for the 2021 regular season on this Friday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. Fans, we are going to kick off today's show with a recap of the Houston Texans offseason. But before we do that, got to remind you guys that today is the last day in the last week of three shows per week. On Monday, we will officially be back to five shows per Per week, make sure that you never miss an episode by following the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Follow me on social media at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter, at Locked On Titans Pod on Facebook. Also, just want to let you guys know the YouTube channel is coming and I'm going to be putting the show up live every single day on YouTube. Going to be putting out some extra clips from the show as well, doing some fun, just special things on the YouTube channel. I will let you know when to go check that out, but it is on the way. So very excited for everything coming up, including Monday's mailbag. It is going to be a training camp 
only mailbag. So make sure that you go into Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts, put in those five-star reviews, drop your questions in there, or of course tag me on Twitter and throw me your questions there as well. But let's go into this tumultuous Texans offseason. Number one, we see the team decide not to rehire Romeo Cronell after firing Bill O'Brien last year. We see the team go ahead and hire Nick Casario away from the New England Patriots to be their new general manager. After that, they hired David Culley, the wide receiver coach from the Baltimore Ravens, who is an older gentleman, one of the older NFL coaches, a guy who people thought would get a job for a while, but never really got his opportunity, and it leaves some skeptical about his ability to actually be a successful head coach. A lot of people are thinking that he's just a sacrificial lamb while the Texans try to turn over this run. Roster. And speaking of turning over this roster, the Texans have done that in a wild way. I mean, not the method was wild, but they turned over a large chunk of that roster, starting with trading J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals. So that was a big move, getting rid of all of their biggest franchise pieces. Of course, DeAndre Hopkins also is in Arizona. So funny how that all works out. But outside of that, in free agency, they bring in Tyrod Taylor. They bring in Justin Britt at center. They bring in Dante Moncrief at wide receiver. Vernon Hargraves at cornerback. Christian Kirksey at linebacker. Two running backs, Mark Ingram and Phillip Lindsay. And then they bring in a former Tennessee Titan, Desmond King in the secondary as well. So they added some mid-range role-playing veterans to the roster in hopes to just add a veteran touch to a team that's very young that, like I said, is turning over a lot of pieces. So that's really what they did in free agency. They added a ton of other low-end-of-the-roster guys on one-year deals as well. Like I said, it's obvious the Texans don't plan to have all these guys on the roster for very long. This is a turnstile year for the Texans as they try to get this this franchise back on track. And speaking of getting back on track, we cannot leave the segment without discussing Deshaun Watson's legal issues. That's a black cloud hanging over the Texans. They really can't trade him right now with that not really sorted out. The NFL hasn't made a ruling on whether or not he'll play this year either. That's still up in the air. That's why the Texans go out and get a Tarod Taylor. That's why they go out and sign lower end guys like a Jeff Driscoll. They pick a quarterback in the draft as well. So Watson's issues are really uncertain right now. I don't have enough information to give you anything definite, but like I said, it's a black cloud hanging over the Texans organization, and that's why they had to devote so much capital to the quarterback position in free agency and the draft, but that's kind of peculiar, and I'll get to that in a little bit, actually, right now as we talk about the Houston Texans draft. And because of the Deshaun Watson situation, they go out and get a couple quarterbacks. They traded for Brandon Allen from the Bengals as well, but already cut bait with him. But with the few picks that the Texans had in the draft, the Texans barely had any picks in the draft because they went out and got Laramie Tunsil. The first pick they had was in the third round. That was their first selection, and they took a quarterback in Davis Mills. After trading for a QB, signing two quarterbacks in free agency, still having Watson on the roster, and it's very likely the Texans will be the worst team in the NFL, if not one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're probably going to draft a quarterback next year anyway. So very peculiar that they went out and got Davis Mills with one of the few draft picks they had. They also got Nico Collins, a wide receiver from Michigan. They got Brevin Jordan, a tight end from Miami, who actually I liked 
quite a bit as a pass-catching tight end. And they got Roy Lopez, a defensive lineman out of Arizona, but not a lot to write home about with the Texans draft. It does kind of depend on how good Davis Mills is and whether or not he can be the quarterback of the future for the Texans or if they'll just restart and that was a wasted pick and they'll pick a quarterback early in the draft in the first round next year, which I think is what's going to happen. So uh, a wasted draft pick, got rid of a franchise legend, added a bunch of free agents on one to two year deals that you're not going to have around for a long time, brought in a coach that a lot of people are skeptical of, brought in a general manager that has some success at least, but it's all marred by the fact that Deshaun Watson's legal troubles are persisting and in the background, Jack Easterby Someone who a lot of you guys have heard me talk about is a, a is an ear or is a bird in the ear of the Texans owner. I call him Jafar Easterby because that's the best comparison that I can make. Jack Easterby, who used to be a team chaplain for the Patriots, has the favor of the owner and is orchestrating a lot of this activity. So a tough time for the Houston Texans. We are going to dive into their depth chart next, and uh, that's not uh, any kind of safe space for the Texans either. But before we get into that, do want to remind you guys about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is a little bit away, but you still have baseball season in full swing. The NBA is still in the finals. There's a ton of good combat sports throughout the summer. So make sure that before the next pitch, before the next fight, you head over to betonline.ag. You can use your personal computer. You can use your mobile device. Either way, when you do, make sure that you use promo code LOCKED on and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's continue our season preview of the Houston Texans by taking a look at their depth chart. Going to go through the offense and the defense. Of course, we just recapped the Houston Texans offseason. Let's dive into this depth chart. Of course, we're going to start with the quarterback position. And as I talked about quite a bit in the previous segment, there's just a lot going on here for the Texans. They have Deshaun Watson still on the depth chart. Tyrod Taylor right behind him. Draft. Jeff Driscoll, who was signed as a free agent, and then Davis Mills, who was drafted. So a lot going on there. Like I said, they traded a pick for Brandon Allen and ended up cutting him once they signed Jeff Driscoll anyways. So all very confusing what the Texans are trying to do at quarterback all the while. We don't know if Deshaun Watson's even going to be able to play this year. Is he going to get traded? We have no clue. The Texans don't either. So a very strange situation at quarterback, and obviously that's the number one question for the Texans. Next, we move to the running back position, and again, what the heck is going on out here? They have David Johnson, and they gave him a new deal. Then they sign Mark Ingram, who looked like he was just washed last year for the Ravens. Then they go out and get Phillip Lindsay as a free agent. And then they go out and get Rex Burkhead as a free agent. I just don't know what's going on. I mean, all those guys aren't going to have a spot on the roster. They're going to have to cut one of Lindsey or Mark Ingram. And if you're going to go out and get a Philip Lindsey and a Rex Burkhead and a Mark Ingram, then why are you giving more money to David Johnson? 
just allocating way too many resources to the running back position, especially when you're a team that's probably going to be down and you're probably going to have to throw a lot. It just makes zero sense whatsoever. Uh, and when you throw a lot, who are you going to throw to? Brandon Cooks. I think Brandon Cooks is a little bit underrated. He's a solid player. But Randall Cobb's always hurt. Kiki Cutie? Can't count on him. What, Dante Moncrief? Is going to be a guy that really makes a difference for you? Chris Conley? Andre Roberts? Who I think is a decent kick returner, but... I mean, it's just ugly. Yeah, they drafted Nico Collins. He might be okay. They signed... uh, Taewon Taylor as well. So that's interesting. But give me a break. That's a rough, rough group. And Brandon Cooks gets hurt all the time too. He gets concussions every single year it feels like. So a very rough wide receiver core for the Texans. Now, shine a little bit of a light. They have some decent members on the offensive line. Laramie Tunsil is obviously one of the best offensive linemen in the entire NFL. One of the top probably three left tackles in the league. Justin Britt is a very solid center, maybe a little past his his golden days, but he's a solid center. The problem is Max Sharping, Marcus Cannon, Titus Howard at tackle. Just not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. Lane Taylor, solid rotational lineman that they picked up from Green Bay. It's not enough. Not enough to make this team good. So... They could have a decent offensive line, but with all the other talent deficiencies on the team, the coaching, it's going to be hard for anybody to look good. Speaking of that, the defense. I got a feeling the Texans' defense is going to be put in a very bad spot, and I really don't think that the defense is like absolutely miserable. There are some talented players out here. Now, the defensive line is missing a J.J. Watt. I mean, they're missing a super talent. You got Ross Blacklock as the nose tackle, hoping that, hoping that he blossoms after being a second-round pick in the 2020 draft. Malik Collins, just another guy. Charles Amenehue, solid player. I actually like Charles Amenehue, but he's not going to do enough to make this defensive line unit decent. Nothing to write home about behind them. Now, at linebacker, they have some good players, in my opinion. Zach Cunningham is a really good linebacker at middle linebacker. Whitney Merciless, although getting up there in age, still a very solid edge rusher. I think Shaq Lawson, who they traded for from Miami, is also a very solid player and a solid edge rusher. So, three pretty good linebackers there. They signed Kevin Pierre-Lewis and Christian Kirksey from free agency. I think both those guys are decent role-playing interior linebackers to go along with Zach Cunningham. So, I think that they have a solid linebacker core. Now, in the secondary, goes back to kind of the defensive line. Just not enough in the secondary for me to have any faith in this team being any good. Now, they did steal Terrence Mitchell from Cleveland in free agency. I wanted the Titans to take a look at Terrence Terrence Mitchell as an option. I would have rather have had him than Kevin Johnson and... Um, turn out that would have been the right move anyway. They went out and got Vernon Hargraves in free agency. I don't really know what that does for you. He's more of just a guy, uh, a role-playing depth cornerback than a bona fide starter. Bradley Roby is, is a starter, but when he's your number one cornerback, you're going to have problems. Uh, John Reed at cornerback, Desmond King at 
cornerback. We know that Desmond can give them a little bit of a boost in certain situations, but you get him in man coverage, and he's not going to be able to hold up as a cornerback. I expect him to get some safety work as well. And speaking of the safeties, Justin Reed and Lonnie Johnson, not terrible, but Lonnie Johnson really struggles in man coverage. We've seen him get abused in certain matchups. Uh, Justin Reed's a solid player, but again, just another guy. There's not a lot of talent on this roster, not a lot of blue chippers, not a lot of guys that can carry your unit. And because of that, you got a lot of blah out there. You're just going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And that's what the depth chart says. That's what the wind speaks to us and says that the Texans will be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And uh, based on what I'm seeing here, I believe that to be the case. But what does John Hickman think? The one of the hosts, at least, of the Locked On Texans podcast. He is going to tell us what he thinks is the most likely outcome for the Texans, what's the best possible outcome, and what's the worst possible outcome. And unfortunately, it's not really a big difference in any of them. But before we get into that conversation, do want to remind you that Rock Auto has been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Rock Auto's online catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to use. You can see all the different brands, specifications, and prices that you need to choose from. Just a few easy clicks. You can get anything that you need delivered directly to your door. Also, you're going to get fair prices on rockauto.com. One thing I didn't know is chain auto parts stores actually have different price tiers and they can give you different prices whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional mechanic. And if you go to a chain auto parts store, they might not even have the part that you need in stock. They'll have to order it from their warehouse. You'll have to come back to the store or have it shipped to your door anyway, which you're already going to have with rockauto.com. And you run the risk of getting a higher price than what the guy standing next to you in line is paying. So rockauto.com, make it easy, make it efficient. Go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure you write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com built bars are the best tasting protein bars ever and right now on builtbar.com they have nine delicious flavors plus they always rotate in some occasional limited time flavors as well like the recent one they did was grasshopper cookie it tasted like a thin mint cookie it was pretty good my personal favorites are the peanut butter brownie and the salted caramel all the bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they don't just taste good they're healthy for you as well low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and they're the official protein bar of the United States Olympic team. So that's pretty cool. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com today. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off today. We are continuing our Locked on Titans division preview for the 2021 season here with our final team, the Houston Texans. Now, previously in the episode, I talked about what the Texans have done throughout the offseason. We took a look at their depth chart as well. But now I want to bring in a local expert. I got to bring in one of the hosts of Locked 
on Texans. My guy, John Hickman, you can find him on the Locked On Texans podcast. They do a great job over there, him and Cody. You can also find him on Twitter at some sports guy. Not only does he give you great Texans analysis, but he is a beer pong champion. Not one time, not two time, but the 11 time beer pong champion. So we are going to dive into some possible Texans outcomes. Just want to hear it from someone who covers the team and kind of take advantage of this expertise right around the corner. And first and foremost, John, how are you doing this evening? Doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I had a long day at work, but I'm at the fun part of my day now, right? Yeah. Talking about the Houston Texans with a, my colleague, Tyler, you, man, I love talking to you about, about the Texans and Titans, and I can't wait for our crossovers this year. I think you guys are going to run away with the division, but I know it'll be fun. Hey, I, I like hearing that from you. That's the type of opti- optimism that we need on the podcast, but yeah, I I just couldn't wait until the season to talk to you. Uh, Love talking with you guys about some football as well, especially in the AFC South, but I'm going to ask you on this show about your Houston Texans to kind of focus on them for the moment. So I have three questions for you just to get a general idea from someone who covers the team, what you think could happen. So in your mind, what is the best case scenario for the Texans in this upcoming season? Best case scenario for the Houston Texans is they don't win a lot of games, but they find out whether or not Davis Mills, their third-round quarterback, can actually be the quarterback for the foreseeable future, mm-hmm. and David Culley can actually be the head coach for the, uh, what was it, four- to five-year contract that he signed, <laughs> Right, that he would be able to be a formidable head coach for an NFL team for the next couple of years. Uh, that's the best case scenario for Houston. And, and with that, you know, if Mills at, at a point in time of this season gets an opportunity to play ball, then we want to see how the players around him will play with him and how he adapts to the NFL game. Because remember, he only played 11 games in college. When we look at David Culley, how mm-hmm. are these players going to react to losing games and his pep talks just isn't working anymore? Right. You know, will he be a coach that can make adjustments? Will he will he be a coach that can put players in the best position to succeed for this team? Or and they've got a, they got a lot of guys. Excuse me, they have a lot of guys who's on a one to two year contract. These right. guys that are still trying to play, you know, in the NFL after this deal is up. And so, uh, and, and remember, it's very hard for players to see the longevity of their contracts. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. So, so basically, to it see makes how sense. this team bounce back under the leadership under Nick Casario, but more so David Cully and David Smith, whether or not they will actually be worth uh, sticking around for the future. Yeah, it makes sense. You guys would be on more of a fact-finding mission, trying to make sure that the people you've put in place can be the people for the future. But I hate to do this to you, but John, on the flip side of that, best-case scenario is you find out the head coach, the quarterback, you got something for the future. What is the worst-case scenario for the Texans this season? Worst-case scenario, they don't win a lot of games. and <laughs> That's going to be the worst best case. They're not going to win a lot of games either way it goes. Right. But they don't win a lot of games, and they find out that Davis Mills and David Cully isn't good at what they want them to be. Yeah. Right? And let me tell you why that's the worst part. Next year, quarterback's draft, the class, rather, it isn't like what we just saw. 
Mm-hmm. We just saw Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields. Like, we saw quarterbacks that we believe will actually be franchise changers. As of right yeah. now, I don't see that out of next year's QB class. And so for Houston, if they get it right this year, they find out about Davis Mills and he's good and Cully's good and they got a great coaching staff that can coach up some young quarterback, the young quarterback, then they can focus on the other needs of this team. They don't find that out. Deshaun Watson doesn't come back. You're dead in the NFL without a quarterback, you know? And they're going to be going into a situation where will Houston settle to get a quarterback that really isn't that good for their, for their future. So the worst case scenario for me, like I mentioned, nobody works out. Nobody's works out. This is a complete joke. Everything that most people believe the Houston Texans will be, they turn out to be. Uh, David Cully turns out to be Mm -hmm. a a laughing stock, a joke of a head coach. And I'm wishing him the best. Uh, and, And, the entire season was a complete waste from Nick Casario hiring was started in the offseason early in the year all the way to the end of the year. That's the worst case scenario. But either way, they're not winning a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah, no, I understand completely what your perspective is. The win-loss record really isn't what's going to determine whether it was a good or bad season. It's more about fact-finding, figuring out whether the guys that were put in place on the field, in the front office, head coaches, are the guys who can actually turn this thing around. Well, that kind of leads me into uh, the last question that I have for you, and it's kind of a two-parter. With the best-case scenario and the worst-case scenario being laid out, what do you think realistically does happen in Houston this year? And within that, can you tell me whether or not you think Deshaun Watson plays football games this year? I'm on yes, the fence do. right now. I, I, don't, I don't know. The, I could see the NFL saying, hey, we don't have enough information on the, on the aspects of the case and letting him play, but I could see them putting him on the commissioner's exempt list and not letting him play also. So what's your sense right now with training camp right around whether Watson actually gets to play, and then how do you think realistically the season goes? To answer realistically, the question of realistically will or how the season will go, I'm sorry, I think this season we will find out a couple of things. If Tyrod Taylor can actually still play football. Last time we saw Tyrod Taylor, uh, a botch injury from the uh, medical staff in, in L.A., right? And his last two stops, he was a placeholder for the next quarterback that mm-hmm. they had drafted. So we need to really see if Tyrod Taylor can actually still play. I think we can also look at the inefficiencies of last year I think those get cleaned up this year. I think players will be put in better positions to succeed. Also, this roster had a huge overhaul, 40 transactions, or 80 transactions, 40 new players or players gone, and Houston really got better in small ways. You know, brought in more linebackers, brought in more players that can be subbed out for different type of packages. And I believe with Levy Smith, this defense would be a whole lot simple than what we saw last year. And so I think for Houston, this year is really a year for this entire team of, can you still play in the league after this season? Will you be a high commodity after this season? And that goes for Davis Mills as well. I think when I look at him specifically, what I think will happen is we're going to get a sample size of him, and Houston still has to evaluate whether or not for the future he can be around, but we'll get more out of what we saw in college, we'll get more of that this year. And I like him. We can make every throw. I just don't think he's ready. I think he's a project quarterback. Yeah. That's just what it is. 
but to answer your Deshaun Watson question, and by the way, the best case, worst case, and what will happen, the the uh, what the variable and all of that is, a lot of games ain't gonna get won. Right. You know, so that goes to what I was saying. But as far as Deshaun Watson, as of late, we have seen him, you know, have more activity on social media. And I'm right. not one of those big let's check and see what the athletes are doing type of guys for social media. But, mm-hmm. you know, one of our listeners, he tweeted Deshaun. It was like, if you like this tweet, I'll buy Deshaun Watson jersey. Deshaun liked the tweet. He bought the jersey. We've seen more activity. Mm-hmm. We've seen him working out more. I don't think – he plays for Houston this year. Oh. And to your point, does the NFL really have enough evidence? It's been about a month and a half now, maybe going on two months, and the legal situation surrounding Deshaun has been very quiet. Yeah. Compared to, you know, it was balls to the wall, pedal to the metal when we first heard about this. Yeah. There was news every other day, it seems mm-hmm. like. Now, you can hear a pin drop. And so... For Houston, that's probably a good thing. If the NFL hasn't came down to suspended him, and if the end of this month rolls around, he's not suspended, training camp is starting, teams are figuring out who they have on their roster, somebody's going to want Deshaun. Yeah. And he may be available to play. So that may work out in Houston's favor, but either way, I don't, I don't see him suiting up for Houston this year. Fans would like for him to suit up for Houston. Mm-hmm. I personally would like to see him suit up in Houston, but I don't see it happening. Yep. And I think that's going to be the icing on the cake for Houston's season this year. New head coach. Let's see what he's about. Project third-round quarterback. Will he be good enough to beat out Jeff Driscoll? And that's a big question because I, I don't think Jeff Driscoll should be number two <laughs> on anybody's depth chart. Right. No disrespect to him. What does Tyrod Taylor have? This revamped offensive line with a new offensive line coach. All of these new will it pan out for the Texans. New, 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 new. I think that's a great thing for Houston because they're going to have to see, you know, where they can go in the future after this year. This year is really a red shirt year for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. They're kind of resetting where they're at, seeing who they want to keep on, who who they want to stay going forward to kind of build this thing back up. I think the Deshaun Watson note is very, very interesting. And obviously Titans fans will love to hear your prediction that he doesn't play because even when the Texans didn't have a good season last year, Deshaun Watson single-handedly almost beat the Titans in both games that they played last year. Both of them were down to the wire. So a uh, fact finding season. Was amazing too. Oh man. It was, you know, uh, a lot of Titans fans don't like it, but I am uh, I am firmly a participant in the church of Deshaun Watson when it comes to him as a football player. At the minimum, I think he's certainly one of the best in the league, and and he kind of carried the team last year to the uh, the success that they had. But I appreciate you coming on, John, talking Texans with us here on the Locked On Titans podcast. Remember, check out John on Twitter at some sports guy with two Y's, and uh, check out the Locked On Texans podcast as well. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this Friday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. That's going to do it for the 2021 AFC South Divisional Preview as well. Like I said earlier in the show, I am going to be back with you guys on Monday to kick off five days a week on the podcast. Again, football is right around the corner. And Monday's mailbag is going to be a training camp 
only mailbag. So get those mailbag questions in again as a five-star review on Apple Podcast or on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. But I will be back with you guys on Monday. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.